In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Okay, you're listening to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. It is the Monday after the Atlanta Supercross. And uh, it's Don Maeda here with Chase Curtis, Michael Antonovich, who is uh, remote in a Florida hotel or a Georgia hotel? Florida, Tallahassee. Tallahassee. And uh, we have a uh, special guest stopped by the studio today, Mr. Brian Smith, a.k.a. Reverend Quinn, a.k.a. <laughs> Scrub Daddy, a.k.a. Big Gizoid Burgers, a.k.a. I blew up my Suzuki because I put chicken grease in the engine. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so Anton, dude, so Atlanta always produces some of the best action of the year. And the, I remember uh, back in the cycle news days, we would call it the Battle of Atlanta. I mean, why do you mm-hmm. think, why is Atlanta so off the hook? See, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I think that it's because for so long that was the East Coast race. You know, there was no New York race. There was no Nashville race, no nothing like that. There was Daytona, but that's pretty much it. So that was like the East Coast event. So everybody went to it. And then I think just because over time, especially through the 90s, like you got to think Ricky down here in Havana, Florida, uh, Ezra down in Bainbridge, Georgia, all the guys that moved here, it just kind of became the second home race for a bunch of dudes. I think this is just, it's, it's rad. Uh, you get to Atlanta and for whatever reason, like that's a big city with a small, like Southern feel to it. So everybody's excited to get there. It's always a good time. There's a lot of stuff to do. It was cool. Uh, the Georgia dome always had all that history to it. Fulton County had a bunch of history too. And then now you get to Mercedes Benz stadium and it's probably the nicest stadium on the tour. I mean, yeah, AT&T stadium is nice, but this thing is like on another level. Yeah. I thought the, uh, <laughs> the most common photo on Instagram from the race besides action was a picture of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody was posting that. Yeah, and like the thing of the thing about the stadium is it's just so nice. Like you get in everywhere and it's beautiful and they do a cool job to make it like a fan experience. I mean, if anybody knows anything about stadiums, you know, it's a lot of community and government tax funding that has to get it there. So they have this rule that any concession stand food there has to be the same price that it is outside of town. So the Chick-fil-A that's in there is the same price as the Chick-fil-A oh, down really? the street. Huh. It's not uh-huh. $19. Get, nope. Uh, you can get like a beer for like six, five, six bucks, which is great. Mm. Like a slice of pizza is like three bucks. And then since Coca-Cola is Atlanta, there's soda fountains everywhere. So then like you can get a refillable soda all night and it's like three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like a cool race where everybody's like, yo, I can go to this one and not get charged an arm and a leg for it. So yeah, so that's a stark contrast, even to uh, even to, to our, our, our even our local track. You know, you mean what? like uh, when you go to Anaheim, you got to pay thirty bucks to park. Yeah, 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 that yeah. that too. And the, you know, that's pretty outrageous that they make the racers pay to park there at Anaheim. But uh, I liked when we saw McGrath <laughs> and his Prius paying like the King of Supercross <laughs> at Jeremy's house getting hit up for the thirty bucks. Yeah, I love that in his Prius with his mm-hmm. with his. Uh, I think he has homemade Matrix concepts. Uh, floor mats. He cut them out of the bike mats. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so uh, yeah. But I mean, dude, even even like 
what scrubby you were saying that when you came to the uh the race at state fair the swap motor race the concession stand there you had to pay like 40 bucks for two hot dogs and a yeah, it was about 40, 45, 50 bucks. Yeah, they get they get you at the track. He better be careful. He's going to lose that membership he's got. Talking yeah. all that heat about local tracks. Yeah. He's going to be clipped, too. <laughs> Dang. So, okay, so uh, Anton, man, uh, you know, obviously Chase and I watched it remotely, but was it just going nuts there? Was the crowd just going insane with all the things happening, you know, behind Ken? You know, it was weird because... <clears throat> There's a lot of people there, but, like, compared to Atlanta's past, like, when I went to the Georgia Dome a few years ago and all that, and I've been to this race a bunch of times, it's gnarly. Like, it's usually, like, this really crazy crowd. Like, you can't get through the convention center, through the pits and stuff. It was pretty mm-hmm. mellow this year. Hmm. And then even as the race was going on, it was pretty mellow. I didn't notice this, like, overwhelming, like, wave of sound that followed the race around on the track, like, normal. Uh, but that could have just been because... Everybody was so like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, the last like few laps, so you could really tell the intensity ratcheted up. So nobody was paying attention to Ken. They were all just following what was happening like second through seventh. Yeah, I mean, the action was so good, though. But, I mean, felt bad for Kenny. I mean, the only time you he, saw him on the broadcast TV. was yeah. after he won. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, the last okay. quarter of a lap or something. I think uh, I saw Bill Savino like on Twitter was like, hey, NBC, is there a race leader? <laughs> Yeah, there's been a couple. There's been a couple things about that though too. But like, what what will we do? Like, if they do put the cameras on Ken and Ken's way yeah, riding alone, yeah, nobody's gonna be happy. But if there's this insane battle behind them, I mean, that's what you gotta watch, you know. And that that was incredible racing to watch on all ends. And Ken did exactly what he needed to do. He Mm -hmm. had to get that win now before Eli got a couple in him and took put a points lead on. Yeah. So, um, why is Atlanta? A day race or an earlier race? Is it for the same reasons that Oakland is? I don't know, but they have to make every race this way. Like, I know 7 o'clock is like the big theater start time and opening ceremonies and all this stuff. Dude, it is so much better to be done racing at 8 o'clock because, like, you and I do How Was Your Weekend every week. And mm. guys, at 11 o'clock, they're done. Like, they bail. Yeah. yeah. So, if it's 8.30, you know, they're hanging out. They don't really have a place to go. So I was able to, like, click off a bunch of hours your weekends. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get to the stadium a little bit early. It's not so bad. And then I also think people, like, kind of like it, too, because then you get done and then you can go out into the city. You know, yeah. Supercross is cool because it's in the city every week. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that instead of being locked in a stadium until 11 o'clock and there ain't nothing to do when you get out. Yeah, did I, see, I, loved it. Did I see you and the missus out on the town after the race? No, we went to a very casual dinner. We went out the night before to the DMXS party. Oh, is that, uh, is that the picture with the drinks in hand? That was Friday, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Saturday night I went, uh, there's a place like Cypress, uh, Cypress Street Pine and Plate, which is a really good restaurant down the street that me and Forrest Hayashi went to a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So we went down there, had a vegan dinner, and then went back to the hotel. But while I was at dinner, I exported all my photos and did How Was Your Weekend stuff. So well, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to bust <laughs> your no, chops no, 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 on, no. on No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, this was a cool thing because after that race gets over, otherwise it's us going to Waffle House at 1 o'clock in the morning, like, dreading a 4 a.m. flight. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this was nice to have all this stuff to do. Mm. So, hey, hey, uh, Mr. Mr. Reverend Quinn, have you been to Atlanta? Never. You've never been to Atlanta? Nope. Oh, for some reason, I thought maybe you was from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's let's get to the racing. So, you know, let's talk about 250s first, 250s. yeah? 250s. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Chase Sexton wins. But, dude, what got into Hampshire this weekend? He he is, he looks 100 times better than he did at round one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he knew letting those first two races kind of get away from him, not winning those, not getting on the podium at Tampa. It's a win or die situation now. Like, if he wants to be in this title the way that he needs to be, and he's expected to be a title guy this year, he has to race aggressively. Uh, I'm surprised that him and Chase didn't have the gnarly, like, takeout, considering what happened at Arlington a few weeks ago, or a week yeah. ago. I was expecting some big fireworks there, but it didn't come to be. Uh, but, yeah, for RJ, like, he has to win or finish second if he's going to stay within a points gap of Chase or Shane. I mean, that's all there is to it right now. Mm-hmm. He has to win, and he knows that. So he's going to ride like he has to win. Yeah. I was uh, I was super impressed with Chase this weekend. Yeah. I mean, uh, dude, that one turn where he, he passed Hampshire for the lead, he also mm-hmm. did something similar in the heat race, I think, right? That, how do you turn your bike that quick? I mean, that was <laughs> awesome. Like the left-hand turn where he went under mm-hmm. under Hampshire. And I think, like, the big thing on Chase was riding, like, remember last year when he's battling Forkner? He, he knows he's not as fast as Austin. He just has to kind of wait until a mistake happens and then maybe go for the kill there. But now he's the champion, and he's the expected guy. And to only have one career 250 main event win to his credit, but then a factory 450 ride like he has to deliver this year, the way he's riding right now is super aggressive and controlled. Like, he is the dominant guy on the track, and he asserts, like, yo, I'm the guy here that you guys all need to follow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of the same way that McElrath did a few weeks ago, too, when he won round one. I think that Chase is learning a lot from Roxon. And the whole, hey, man, you need to come into this with confidence and just demand that everybody follow you and mm-hmm. ride confidently and not kind of ride, be ridden by the bike. You need to make every move your own move. Yeah. yeah. He's riding really well. Yeah, like Don said, there's a couple little things he was doing that were really impressive. On TV, you got like a glimpse of it, but coming out of the sand, they had that, that sand roller on the inside. And he actually mm-hmm. he actually doubled from the last roller on the straightaway and downsided that sand roller on the inside before the triple. And, and like little fast. stuff like little stuff like that is stuff he's probably picked up from Ken because yep. Ken does cool stuff like that like time saving energy saving stuff 100% and to have to miss that little sand roller cuz dudes would get on the gas and then all that sand would break away and then mm-hmm. all of that clay that was into the face of that triple was all slick so guys would get on the gas and the back end would skate out mm-hmm. the fact that Chase was able to do that and then put his momentum to the ground he's able to get a drive instead of like you know breaking traction all the way up the face so was, He's figuring out a lot of stuff. Was that the section, and was that Chase? He jumped it, and he landed on the tough block? Martin, uh, well, RJ landed on the okay, tough RJ block, did and it. right behind yeah. him, Martin mm-hmm. went down the And you know what? Martin wouldn't have gone down if the tough block hadn't got knocked out. Yeah, and there was a weird rut that was kicking them off to the track, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that did a number on, on Jeremy's bike. I, don't, I haven't gotten to watch the broadcast again yet, but it busted yeah, off the back fender in. and twisted it up. Yeah. So, yeah, it did, it did some damage there. So, um... Uh, Shane, it looked like Shane didn't really make any mistakes. He just couldn't make the pass happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked yeah. super solid. And um, I mean, what do you think? Is, is So McElrath came into Tampa and was the fastest dude and, you know, won handily, won, led every lap of all of his races and everything. And then, you know, kind of didn't win to the last race at the uh, Triple Crown. But then this weekend kind of was in third the whole time. Do you think that Shane McElrath's confidence is rattled at all, or do you think he's just, uh, you know, quietly confident and ready for the next opportunity to win? 
Uh, so he said that they did some stuff like he wasn't ever super comfortable with the bike all day. Like mm-hmm. if you watch Howard's Weekend, he's like, yeah, you know, we kind of did some things and this is my fault. So this could just be that first like, hey, man, I'm on a new team, new bike. It's not always going to be easy and we're going to still have to learn as we go. Mm-hmm. So I think that when he got into the main event was like, yo, this is not the way that it needs to be. I just need to put in the best result I can rather than push something unnecessarily that's not there and then risk losing a ton of points by making a crash or a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just was like, it's not there tonight. I just need to go in and get as many points as I can. Right. Yeah. And like even, I mean, if what they're saying is true, how he didn't change the bike at all for the last, what, three months? And he messed with it last weekend or this weekend. Uh, I think maybe just they go back to the base setting and he'll be okay next weekend. Mm-hmm. And this track too, like if you look at Tampa and you look at Dallas, those are two tracks that are pretty similar to what West Coast Dirt is. Right. Dallas is always really slick, hard pack clay. Arlington or Tampa was pretty hard pack too. This was the first kind of softer one where yep. there was some like ruts and breakdown to it. He probably really hasn't done a lot of practicing on conditions like that at the Yamaha mm-hmm. track, even mm-hmm. though they have the two the two test tracks there. Hey, any word is Shane in Florida right now, or is he still out here in California this week? Um, almost positive he went back to California. Wow, maybe he's riding Nuevo, huh? Something. <laughs> Get ready for Daytona. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, a lot of dudes are out here. But it also seems like it's very, like this week is typically that big vacation Florida week for everybody yeah. to smash content. But kind of get the vibe that like, hey, we, we know that the weather is going to be against our favor this time. There's oh, a is chance it raining for rain there? Okay. pretty much everywhere this week. So they're like, we got to make it count by Wednesday because after Wednesday, we know Wednesday, Thursday is not going to happen. And then maybe we can con our way into press day on Friday to ride the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many guys are gonna, honestly going to be out at Nuevo this week because that's the sandiest yeah. place out here in California. Yeah, you would think mm-hmm. maybe, uh, I think in last year, I think Mumford did a little something. Oh, up at his up place? His track. I don't yeah. know if they're going to do that again, mm-hmm. but it'll be yeah. interesting. Scrubby, have you, so, ridden, have you ridden Nuevo? Oh, yeah. It's his backyard. Exactly. I'm like right there. So, like, are you a sand specialist? No. <laughs> have you ever crashed and hit that boat? No. <laughs> huh? Man, why are you being so quiet? You always all live, live everywhere on Instagram. I'm, you, I'm just listening. You just listening? You, you like soaking up the knowledge like yeah. a sponge? Yep. Getting my uh, <laughs> that way so when I start talking, I can fit in. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, Scrubby, you said that you were uh, you're pulling for uh, Mr. McElrath for this title, right? Yes, sir. And and what insight do you have on to uh, as as to Shane's program this year and? Well, Shane, I don't know. Um, I know he's uh, cut back on because he used to eat like cheat a little. Now he ain't cheating or nothing. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I shouldn't even be telling that. But. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cheap food do you know about him eating? Was he going with you to the to get nachos and burritos and all that? No, I went to his house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep, but now you know he's he's uh with the new team. I guess they're kind of hard on him, so he got to really eat right and train right, and hopefully these results will start paying off. Yeah, as he said he's moving up to four fifties after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's training with Gareth Swanepoel, mm-hmm. who's uh, cracking the whip on all the star guys plus Malcolm and uh, Aaron Plessinger. Hey, so. so about that, about the whole food thing that Scrub Daddy just mentioned. Like, I was in the Moto Concepts rig after the race was over Saturday and, like, you know, just getting all the How Was Your Weekend stuff. And Swanepoel and Malcolm and a couple other guys had, like, a very 
uh, intense talk, not like an argument or anything, but just a, hey, Malcolm, this is why we're making you eat this stuff at this time. This is this way. And like Mm -hmm. maybe you might be a little bit hungry, but everything is portioned and we know what we're doing. So you're not like overloaded and your body's not like crashing out or something like that. You're not like going the opposite of bonking. Like you're not so going to they were mode. they were chewing Malcolm out for not following the food program. Maybe not like chewing him out for not following, but just explaining to him like, "Hey, this is why we do it this way. Like mm. these are why we eat these foods at this time, or this is why it's this portion, or this is why we do it this way." Yeah, and it's all. I mean, as a racer, you have to think like every Saturday you have the same thing, and mm-hmm. that would probably get like a little bland and a little like boring. But they know it works, so they just have to keep doing it. And yeah. I think even with the schedule being adjusted a couple hours too, that changes that whole food plan because you yeah. have to wake up and eat breakfast earlier. You have to eat lunch at a different time. You might be eating dinner typically on a Saturday night now when you're in the heat race or waiting for the main events to start. So it's all kind of hurried up and sped a bit, and then you have to adjust accordingly. Yeah. yeah. You know, because that, that's kind of surprising because I know that I, I know firsthand that Malcolm is eating much better, you know? Oh, yeah, he like, totally is. Like, because, uh, <laughs> sorry, Swanee, but I, I always try to get him to go to Buffalo Wild Wings with me and stuff, you know, but he's actually buckled down, mm-hmm. and he, he watches what he eats. But that's a 450 guy. Let's talk about 250s more. So, dude, okay, Jordan Smith, fourth way place, better. way better, mm-hmm. which is good because uh, Chase was with uh, Cameron. Cameron and Jordan at the uh, Glen Helen Pro Circuit track last week, mm-hmm. and uh, – Jordan was struggling, guys. Like, it looked like last week and all over again. The poor guy just – I think I counted, like, three or four little tip-overs in the corner. So, But Mitch was there, and uh, they seemed to be dialing, dialing things in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best vibes around them, but uh, it's good to see that they improved a little bit this weekend. Yeah, so I know uh, you know, a fourth for Jordan, that, that's a step in the right direction, but I think he's struggling with his wrist, isn't he still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. were you with him at MTF today? Yeah, uh, funny thing, he rode a 450 today. He yeah. was on a he was on the big bike. He wasn't practicing on a 250, but like they're doing Daytona prep. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the wrist thing is is the big deal. Like he said, even in How Was Your Weekend this week, he couldn't do more than five minutes in the off season on a road bike before his wrist would swell up and it was junk for the next day. Mm. Said that he was playing a game on his phone a few weeks ago and then his wrist swelled up and was junk again. He's like, I can't do anything about it. And to have that issue right now and then to have to nurse this thing all the way through. And it sounds like this is going to be like a career-long deal, kind of like what RJ had to deal with when Mm -hmm. he hurt his wrist. I wonder how the golf affects that wrist. I know he's golfing quite a bit. See, I don't know what, like, he's able to do because he's, like, even in the offseason, I couldn't do any training, couldn't do Mm -hmm. any weightlifting stuff, couldn't bicycle, couldn't road bike, anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So he, I think he really might be at like full ground zero for everything and had to rebuild from there. Yeah, man. All right, fifth place. Really, oh. really excited about fifth place here. We have uh, Joe Shimoda coming from about 14th mm-hmm. up to fifth, which is badass because oh, yeah. at round one, Joe starts in fourth, and I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and he fades back to 10th or 9th or something, right? So opposite, uh, opposite work through the pack this time from the back forward rather than forward back um you were there in person did you see anything different about joe's demeanor or anything that day because i mean i i I talked with him on uh, on text afterwards but like as far as throughout the day did you see that it was a different joe not really because joe just keeps to himself i think he's so like he's 
almost shy to the point that like everybody's like, okay, do do you talk to him? Do you not? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of slowly coming out of his shell and having Jeff Ward around him and the team. They're like, hey, this you know what you're doing? We've we've done this before. We know it works. Just keep going at it. Um, and they didn't put a ton of gnarly expectations on him. I think that for Joe, even too, like he's had a couple sketchy, like oh my god moments. So he's like finding the fine line of, hey, this is how hard you can go, but don't go too hard and, and back it down a bit. Like at Dallas last week, he went into the oncoming lane in practice, but I didn't see any kind of like, oh my god, this kid's gonna hurt himself moments in in uh, Atlanta this week. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think he was just more solid all the way around. Yeah, I think the thing that uh, Joe's been struggling with, well, not even struggling, because I mean, two top tens is amazing, but. I think he's lacked a little bit of confidence. I mean, he's always like that. He's like the, the quintessential, quiet, shy, mm-hmm. uh, timid Japanese guy, you know. But I, I keep telling him, you got to get mean, Joe. <laughs> but uh, he's so uh, – although, no, he was showing some emotion yeah, after this Zoid race, right? Yeah, was talking right? about it before we started. Yeah. He was pretty stoked at the end. Too stoked. Holding it wide. Yeah. I thought he won. The, I thought he won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's awesome. That's a good – I mean, to go from two-tenths to fifth. That's mm-hmm. a, that's cutting your performance, doubling. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, in typical Joe fashion, I I text him. I was like, oh yeah, great job, man. Are, are you pumped? And he just writes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, his whole thing is he texts me, okay, period. You know, I'm like, dude, you need to show a little emotion here, buddy. But uh, now he's he was definitely stoked about that, and I think uh, I think that's gonna do wonders for his confidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, dude, I'd like to see uh, Joe on the podium before this season is over. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's unrealistic. No. I really don't. Because uh, right after Hunter had his whole, or Jet had his whole deal a couple weeks ago, I was at the Geico Honda track while I was in California. I was talking to the guys, I'm like, so what's the expectation for Joe? And they're like, well, I mean, we're not putting a ton of pressure on him, but he's just as good as Jet is. Like, they're pretty evenly matched on a practice day. So if mm-hmm. Jet's doing this well, we expect joe to do this well also so the fact that he's putting it in there and he doesn't seem like a kid that would feed on all that hype the same way jet would Mm -hmm. so if nobody pays him any attention and he just steadily gets better yeah podium could totally happen i think and even this weekend too will be cool because now we'll see how big of a threat he can be for outdoors yeah yeah i think joe's uh joe's style is gonna lend itself well to the daytona track because he's so Mm -hmm. smooth Mm -hmm. and uh smart with his line choice and all do you have any insight on Joe, Scrub Daddy? No, just he's smooth, smooth like a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> he's smooth like your head when you shave it, right? <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know who else was awesome was Enzo. Enzo Again, Lopes too. in sixth. I mean, mm-hmm. that I think that's better than he ever did on the JGR bike, right? Yeah, and this yeah. is like for second Supercross year. Like he was full rookie last year and a lot of learning experience. Mm-hmm. But he seems like everything's cool. He's a club now with that team that team is full low pressure he can just do what he needs to do but he's a good rider like he's putting in results that everybody realizes like oh this is why he had a red bull deal growing up this is why he was paid so much attention as an amateur because he's solid Mm -hmm. uh bummer for that team though because they lost joey crown to a broken collarbone on friday yeah and crown could be like a big breakout guy but unfortunately this has kind of been the tale of his career just as some momentum starts getting built something happens and kind of chops it in half Mm. So I think with Joey, going to have to take these next few weeks off. Maybe we see him later on or in the summer and see what he's capable of. Yeah. Do you know, but, will that club team field their guys outdoors? No, I don't think so. They've, they've always kind of been in transition because last year, I want to say it was like 
them and traders, and then there was some talk at Canada or something, but I don't think that's the case this year. Ah, okay. I'll find out soon enough because when I go there in two weeks. All right, so uh, other names that stand out to me from the results is like Josh Hill in 10th. Um, was anything special happened for him, or was that – because he's been around 10th. Every race, he's right? been around 10th. I mean, last week was great in, in Texas, and this week was just kind of uh, – uh, he said, how was your weekend? It just like he didn't get a good start, kind of got jumbled out. And then had to fight his way back. But Hill's in good like riding shape and he's having fun and, and that's the most important thing. Him and him and Justin are living together at Justin's house in North Carolina now. Mm-hmm. So they're just able to like ride together and, and he said he's having a good time. I don't think there's gnarly expectations of like, hey, now you need to start getting podiums. It's yeah. just hey, keep Josh out there, keep doing whatever you're doing, keep the stoke out there and he'll do well. Uh it'll be interesting to watch Josh this weekend at Daytona for the same reasons as Joe, because Josh is super creative with line choices. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the more versatile guys on the track right now of all the other riding he's done. So it'll be cool to see what he's able to make happen on that kind of track. Yeah. Right. Hey, Anton, do you, so March banks, uh, Shimoda made the pass on him and he just started cruising. It looked like there was a bike problem or something, but then he started charging again. Did he tweak his knee or uh, something? He crashed. He, he did. Crash. He got like super sideways in the sand. And like nearly threw it away, oh. almost hit me. Um, like that turn that was at the end of the sand. Whoops! He kind of high sided over that berm and then went into the tough lock that was there. Oh, that explains so, like, that picture you took. I was wondering mm-hmm. why his bike was pointing that way. Yeah, he almost so hit he, you. Uh, like there was a big, like one of the big pyramid tough locks there. Mm-hmm. So he crashed right at my feet on the oh, other side. I was of gonna that. say because like, if he almost hit you, it's because he didn't see you because your legs are the same color as that sand. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I had a good talk with him when we were trying to find our way into the pits and into the stadium the other day, and he's pumped. Like, he's happy with the way things are going. I'm sure Saturday night wasn't what he wanted. Yeah. But he looks much better March, this year. He looks much better this year. And the thing that everybody forgets is he's only, like, he's still a teenager. He's yeah. a young, young kid. So there's a lot that, of stuff He's got there. that mustache, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that throws, mm-hmm. it, throws it off. Throws off. The yeah. vote for Pedro mustache? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, hey, how about Pierce Brown? I mean, I know 17's not great. But uh, he looked great in the heat he, race. Yeah, and, third uh, qualifying. Third yeah, so I mean, what what do you see from Pierce? You see some potential there. Yeah, I do. Is there a I, lot of I, pressure like, on him right now? Do you think on the East Coast being the sole guy since Moreau's you know injured? No, I don't think so. I think that uh, I I hate to say it, but I think like this Brian thing is kind of casting a bad shadow all over everything, and they're just like, dude, let's just kind of get through these races and whatever success we have, let's have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Keefe has caught a lot of flack in the last few weeks for that Red Bull Moto Spy series where it was a little hard on Hartraft and people were like, well, what's this guy's problem? He's a dick. Well, yeah, Keefe can kind of be a little uh, abrasive mm-hmm. from time to time, but he knows how to get the best out of these guys. And he's in a position now where he's not going to push somebody unnecessarily. Yeah. So the whole reason for holding Pierce back from those first two races was like, Pierce isn't 100% because his shoulder's like dinged up and mm-hmm. he goes out and sucks at Arlington and Tampa. Well, then the whole rest of the season is going to go bad. Yeah. yeah. Now you give this kid two weeks to really hone it and get comfortable. And then he went in the unseated practice, killed it, mm-hmm. and then was like top three, top four guy overall. And I thought that was huge. And like, yeah, he did have a crash and that sucks. And he, it looked like a good one because he destroyed the visor and everything on the helmet. But there's a lot of potential there. Like mm-hmm. I think that with time, he could be a pretty good surprise. Maybe not win a race, but he could be one of those guys where like, oh, yeah, hey, like him and Hartraft are going to be two dudes that really shape how this series goes for TLDKTM this year. Yeah. Hey, speaking of those guys, uh, so I tried to throw a GoPro on Hartraft 
at uh, Fox Raceway last week and uh, got pulled off, flagged off, and he came back to me and said, uh, Roger DeCoster has ordered that we have nothing on our helmets anymore, whether they're GoPros or Lit Pros. And uh, I did a little bit more digging, and I guess uh, when Brian crashed, um, the GoPro damaged his helmet. So Roger doesn't want anything on the helmet anymore. So um, were there GoPros mounted elsewhere this weekend? Because it's the team sponsor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I have a picture for this that's going to be in Kickstart. Roger, apparently it was Roger machine, this like really gnarly little metal bracket that's going to mount to the front fender. Mm -hmm. And this is a widespread because Roger is so powerful at KTM and Husqvarna. This is a widespread deal. So even the KTM 50 kids had their GoPros mounted with sticky tape on the front fender from now on. <laughs> so there will be no more GoPros mounted on the helmet wow. for any rider in the U.S., but this allows them to keep that thing. And then the other thing is, too, like, Roger's like, yo, we just need to be better safe than sorry instead of having something else like this happen. Mm -hmm. The cool thing is, like, hey, GoPro's pretty flexible. They always have a wider range of mounts. Yeah. So it seems like they're understanding of this situation and then the same thing for the lit pro you can put that thing on your front fender now too and it's not going to obstruct anything so they'll figure out ways around it and it won't be a big issue mm -hmm. but i'm very interested to see how this goes because although this is a foreign concept in the u.s like this is pretty like when i went to australia a few months ago and i tried to put a gopro on somebody they ripped the thing off before the guy even got to the starting line and they mm -hmm. said australian rules this doesn't happen yeah same, same thing in, same thing in japan same thing in same thing in a couple of European yeah. countries too. And it all stems from just the safety thing. Um, I know for you and I, like we're probably not going to stop putting GoPros on our helmets. Yeah. You know, we'll probably find a way to do it, but for these guys, they just want to eliminate any risk whatsoever. Mm. You know, but yeah, it's a gnarly little bracket that goes on the front fender. Huh? I'm, I'm curious to see what that footage looks like. Cause yeah, I know I if, am too. if we did that to scrub daddy's bike, it would only be showing footage of the sky. Right. right sky or the ground the ground because he does the, that brake tap yeah, yeah that's yeah. true and yep. it'd be like to the left or the right of the track <laughs> <laughs> yeah the front tires never point straight <laughs> you know you what well, you you uh you ventured into the gopro world and then you got frustrated and backed out yeah i just got that thing sitting at home <laughs> you, you couldn't figure out the editing software or what nope it was too hard oh i mean everybody keeps saying it's easy but i couldn't figure it out so i just Throw it to the side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, on that note, uh, let's take a uh, – oh, wait, 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 wait. Jeremy Martin obviously hit that tough block and crashed, so he's we got 19th, right? Mm -hmm. I'm calling J-Mart for Daytona. <laughs> Anyone we, else with me? Yeah, I'm with you on huh? that. I'd like to see it. Yeah. How rad did would you that watch, be? Did you watch that interview I did with him? Not yet. Okay. That was the same thing. I asked him, I'm like, hey, so Daytona, like, you're going to win this. Like, everybody thinks Eli's going to win it, and you're his training partner. He's like, oh, no, I want to get a win before then. And I'm like, well, this is the only race to get that. He's like, yeah, I know. Like, I'm going to win Atlanta. I'm pretty <laughs> confident of that. But I think I totally think Jeremy could win Daytona, too. Yeah, dude, I mean, brutal. He's, he's an gnarly guy. So, all right, well, let's, let's see. Do, do we have anyone betting against me? Let's, let's make a lunch bet here for mm. next Monday. Okay. I like Jay Mart. I would love to see him win, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Okay, who do so, you who do you got, Chase? So I got uh, I got RJ. RJ. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you're you're ineligible because or we you know I could post mate you food over yeah, and uh, do Venmo. Yeah, but I think I at. think Jeremy's gonna win though. Yeah, okay. like I'm kind of of that belief that he's gonna do well, okay. and I think that if he wins, that's a big story too. 
Yeah. How about you, Scrub? I'm going with the number one. Number one, Chase Sexton. Yep. You know, it's hard to bet against Champ, but uh, I got I got a little something for Martin. I, th- I think he's going to get it. So we'll see how that all turns out next week. Sounds good. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our uh, podcast sponsors. So hold on. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Gohan, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. All right, welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. Don Maeda, Chase Curtis, Michael Antonovich, and Brian Smith, a.k.a. Scrub Daddy, in the house. And, uh, dude, yeah, obviously Kenny just checked out in the 450 class, right? But, man, I, I cannot believe Cooper Webb no. raced and raced well and killed it the way he did. Wow. How was it uh, being around him through the day, or did you see him much? I mean, I saw a lot of photos of him grimacing in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he rode press day Friday. So I guess he did not ride any at all between Dallas and last weekend. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to, like, our boy Benitozzi and Tom Drenette, who have been around Cooper for the last few days, like, working on some other projects that they have going on. And they're like, yeah, this is, like, full – He's going to come out and ride really, really well. This is going to be, they've been calling it like Michael Jordan flu game status. Like Cooper's <laughs> going to come out and just dominate. Mm-hmm. And then he rode maybe five laps on Friday's press day, like mm-hmm. which is those clips that I put up. Yep. He looked good. He did. Uh, how well he was riding and like how aggressively I'm like, hey, this is, this might not be as bad as we think. And then he pulled off pretty quick and then rode away. Uh, all day Saturday, he was kind of hooked up to like a STEM machine, even while I did an autograph signing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like that was pretty much out in the open. It wasn't hidden or anything. It was on the table next to his autograph stock. Uh, he was pretty much in maintenance mode the whole time. Didn't really <laughs> seem like he did a ton of laps in practice. He didn't even do second practice, thing, right? Uh, I don't know about that. 
I don't remember. But the one thing I did notice is wherever Eli was, he was right there on him. And so apparently they said something about this on TV. I honestly do think if they did say that, there is some credibility to that because Eli would pull out on the track and then Cooper would be right behind him. Hmm. And so I think that Cooper's like, yeah, I might be down a little bit, but I'm still going to be one of your guys that you have to watch for for your championship chase. Yeah. So Cooper does that rides really well and then skips the press conference afterwards goes straight back to the team truck and then g starts working on him right away to kind of help manage the pain because he is hurting really bad yeah he told me today that uh he went went straight back right after the race to asterisk to get some ibuprofen Mm -hmm. he said he had to have doc g ice him down and uh put a couple ribs back in place oh dude oh that were out so that is gnarly you know it's funny because i'm i'm texting with with uh with cooper and he and I kind of have this, I wouldn't call it a joke, but like one time I was interviewing him and I was like, Hey, if you had one word, picked one word to describe yourself as a racer, what would it be? And he was like, mm-hmm, it's a tough question, this and that. And I was like, I, my word for you is scrapper, you know, like the, the, just the guy that gets down and dirty and digs deep and scraps for every position and never gives up. And he was like, Oh, I like that. I like that. But like, I was like, I told him, I go, dude, you know, you win a championship on your worst days, obviously. And you know, this is going to be a defining moment in his entire season, I think. Yeah. I think uh, career, I think. Because, you know, Don, like we did, you did that interview with him last year when we launched the website and all that. And he's in, you know, in the hunt for his first championship. And he was pretty out in the open about, you know, people don't like me anymore and all this stuff. And look back when he was a 250 guy at star and everybody loved him because he was brash and he was super aggressive. And now they don't like him. I think after winning last year and the, two bad years on the 450 at Yamaha, he's really reestablishing himself as like one of the gnarliest guys in the field. And I think that a lot of people that maybe didn't like him for a little bit are like, oh yeah, dude, this kid's legit and you can't help but respect what he does. Yeah, for sure. Um, Parsha in second. Really good race for him. He came from pretty far back as well. Did, uh, Again, haven't watched the TV thing. Did yeah, they no, show he, him and Tomac getting chirpy with each other yeah, at all? They yeah. showed a little bit of it after, I think, after they came back from commercial break after the race ended. Yeah, but, like, on the broadcast, watching the passes, like, Barsha passes Tomac super clean. Close. Mm-hmm. No contact. Yeah, so the the pass that Barsha put on on Tomac, you know, it was, it was aggressive and it was close, but there was no contact, but then... Eli came back in the next turn and it looked like slammed him a bit. And obviously in the uh, post-race press conference, someone asked Barsh about it. And he said that uh, he thought Eli was making some unwise decisions early in the race. And <laughs> obviously that's what happened with Baggett soon <clears throat> thereafter, right? So apparently, because I talked to Cowie and then I talked to Barsha a little bit. Tomac was like, oh, okay, Barsha's behind me. If I, I need to start making some moves and I need to get going, so I have to, like get around Baggett, which is why he put that move on Baggett the way he did, which is what pissed Baggett off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess Blake was so fired up about it that he even kind of tried to like go at Eli later in the race. And yeah. That's not good. But between the whole Barsha Tomac thing, like this has been brewing for a bit, like back in San Diego, they mm-hmm. had some words, right. Barsha hurt his hand. Same thing happened. Now Tomac hit Barsha. Barsha's right hand is like kind of scuffed up and is a little bloody after the race. Yeah, that's the same he, hand he had to ice in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Was it? I think. Well, maybe his left. Uh, maybe either way, the left hand. Either way, his hands were uh, there's scrapes and bl- there's bleeding, mm-hmm. and he has icing it. And homeboy just saw red. 
yeah. like fucking wigged out, just screaming. And he's like, I will make sure you don't win the championship. You are the dirtiest rider here. Like Barsha's saying this to Tomac, just <laughs> freaking out. And Eli's like, uh, like, what are you talking about? And like tries to counter. And Barsha's like, no, every pass I make, I might be aggressive, but I'm clean. Like I know how to like make these aggressive passes without doing something stupid. You don't all this stuff. So I'm like sitting there watching this and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then Ash, like Dirt Shark Ash is standing right behind them just filming it. And you can just see this massive smile. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so I cannot wait yeah. to watch Dirt Shark this week because he is just like in the thick of it. Oh, God. That's so, great. Uh, Tomac did like he is trying to smooth it over because he knows like if I'm going to win this title, I cannot have enemies. But I don't think that him and Barsha are ever going to be like yeah, no. best friends. And I think Justin is going to do everything in his power to kind of like keep Eli from winning this. Cause he wow. point blank apparently said like, I will make sure that Eli doesn't win this title. Wow. Nice. Interesting. So yeah, it's funny. It's is like, I, I can see them yelling at each other and I could see Barsha just going off. Him. No, I could see Barsha going off and I could just hear Eli going. So <laughs> and <laughs> I that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Like I, Eli's not going to get physical or anything like that. He just kind of, like he kind of pointed a little bit and he just kind of was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And just kind of like argued back, but never like you did this or you did that. And for all the people that are like, I wish these dudes would fight. They're never going to fight. It would be <laughs> yeah. great. It would be like chicken Bradshaw all over again, but they're never going to do it. Yeah. But the big thing for Barsha, like he knows I have to go get some races and this wasn't like a bad Eli, like meltdown race, like we've seen in the past, but as we've kind of talked about over the last few weeks, like when is this bad race going to come? If this is Eli's bad racer right now because some guys jacked with him, it still did show like you can get under this guy's skin and make some things go sideways. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I saw, uh, you know, a comment from a typical soft person on Instagram or maybe it was YouTube, but they were like, oh, isn't the AMA going to do anything to Blake Baggett for pushing Eli? Oh, wow. You know? But I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Like I thought it was awesome. When I saw it in the highlights, I was like, "Oh, look at look at BB." Yeah. Do you remember what Terra Firma video is it where they're at a national and the guy just turns around and just kicks the other dude in the ribs? Like, <laughs> we're just watch with Terra Firma. Like, we're not that far removed. Yeah, that was wasn't that Emig kick Larocco like that once? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. 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 So stuff like that, like. Honestly, it's weird because everything has been pretty courteous. Like, guys have raced a little aggressive all year, but I think we're at this point in the season now where from Daytona on, it's everything goes. Like, yeah. there's a handful of guys that are in for the title, and they're going to make sure that they do whatever they can. Yeah. And it's, I don't see, I don't ever see Kenny and Eli like dirtying each other, but they're going to race each other close. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everybody's all up in arms about Eli's pass over the triple at Dallas. Mm-hmm. It's just how he rides, it's just how he passes. Kenny is going to, Kenny knows how to ride aggressive and keep it there. Barsha will get in the mix for it. Cooper's super dicey. Like, all these yeah. dudes are going to really fight for everything they have. There's not going to be just like a, well, I'll lay up for a little bit and then wait for this guy to make it. They're going to fight for every position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was hoping to uh, I was hoping to see some sparks when uh, Barsha got around Davalos. Oh, I was, know. too. Davalos kind of just let him die almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, too. But, like, I think that even for Martin, he's probably like, this is the best career result I'm going to get. I <laughs> yeah. should not engage in Let's this go. and yeah. then have Barsha take me out. But apparently they're getting, like, cool again. Like, they live down the road from each other. I mean, they're not far from each other here in Tallahassee, so they mm-hmm. have to see each other all the time. Probably good for them to just, like, get this all sorted out instead of having a zillion enemies on the track. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them going and getting Zaxby's. No. Either. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But 
Like, <laughs> even as they came around the first turn, I was like, okay, here it comes, here it comes, like, waiting for the tee up, and then Martin just kind of, like, kind of sat up really high, and I'm like, oh, it's over. It's <laughs> so, but but for, for Martin, or you were with him today, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, you go from third to fifth in, like, one and a half laps? Oh, I know. I mean, he yeah. could have had his first career podium, and then, I mean, still his best result. Still good, but still. yeah. But I think that goes back to what we said about Malcolm a few weeks ago. Like, if you've never been up in the front, it, dude, it's it's hectic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's probably just like, oh my god, he held on for like eighteen something minutes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder what his heart rate profile looked like. <laughs> probably a lot. And I mean, and you know, as you get older, your heart rate goes down. So they're probably like, holy shit, this guy heart rate's not Are supposed to be lot? this high. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay. So. I thought one of the coolest things uh, in the race was seeing uh, Vince Freezy holding down fourth for so long, dude. I and was, challenging mm-hmm. Hill for third yeah, for a bit, too. Yeah, I mean, I was pumped to see Freezy up there just because just he's he's been so disappointed with his year up until now. And, <clears throat> dude, he was up there, and he was, he was, mm-hmm. he was hauling ass. And yeah. he, <laughs> he kind of fell victim to the whole Anderson uh, <laughs> stalling Train his wreck. engine or, you know. All, all mm-hmm. the Anderson snafus that went on, but uh, I felt bad for Vince. But I'm I'm stoked for him though to see him uh, get ninth in his first top ten of the season. He said, um, "Like Vince knows he's fast. Like Vince knows he's good." And he and Justin spent all these time together practicing in the off season. Same with Malcolm. So like he knows he has the pace to do it. But I think there's just like he hadn't had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So he said that he when him and Justin got together, they just linked up, and he's like, "Yeah, it's just a practice just like day. Practice, I just need yeah. to yeah. ride." I just need to ride like I always do and unlock that potential. Yeah, when he reeled him in and was like, he was challenging Justin for a little while. That was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they show the Jason's like pass on him? Like, did they show that at all? Uh, I don't think so. On no. freeze. So Jason like comes into that triple and just scrubs it and had the bike like completely whip sideways to make the move and then Oof. dove to the inside events. But it was like the craziest looking like setup pass, like full Jason Anderson wild child pass. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and yeah, bummer for Vince, you know, and he wasn't mad. He's like, yeah, Jason stalled. I don't know what happened. And I just ran into him and I had nowhere to go. Yeah. yeah. He even said that like he thought maybe um, Jason had like hit a lapper or something. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't blaming him at all. Yeah. Dude, but even their teammate, uh, MCR guy, Malcolm had a good race. Like, he did a full U-turn on the wall yeah. <laughs> and climbed all the way back up. Like, he he, he did pretty good, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The place, and man. the thing about Malcolm, like, I think he, like, I mean, again, first time he's made it this far into a series, I think he has hit a couple, like, roadblocks of, like, dude, I'm getting tired. This is yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. But... He fought through it. He rode really well. Like, if you look at his lap times, he has some of the faster lap times, like, of that lead group Mm -hmm. from Atlanta. And that's a big statement because he was just in maintenance mode to get through Dallas a week ago. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, of Vince, right, Vince has this bad rap, and and fans don't like him. And I I get so bummed from when, like, people get gnarly on him on his own Instagram, you know, and yeah. talk smack and stuff. But like, dude, Freezy is one of the coolest dudes. Oh yeah. And I've said that as many times as I can, you know, but it's for real, right? I mean, Scrub, Scrub you, you see him a lot. Oh, you yeah. see him That's at, my boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't you agree that, I mean, yeah, he's done some kooky stuff on the race track, but as far as a dude to talk to, and he's genuinely a kind guy. Oh yeah. He's super nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, a, uh, it just comes down to like, you're, they're different guys when they're on the track, I guess. Yeah. 
I want to see well, him. I want to see him do well. And he said in the past, he's like, look, in the past, I didn't have the speed or the fitness or the equipment. I was just a really good starter. So I would uh-huh. get in front of these guys, and then I just had to block. Like, I had to do this <clears throat> dumb shit to block these dudes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, now I'm fast enough that I can do this. So now I need to start holding my own. Mm-hmm. The other thing that people have to realize is like, yeah, dude, he did this stuff five years ago. Mm-hmm. Who in your early 20s is not just a complete moron? Like, I, I was a complete <laughs> idiot. I can't believe it. Don, you keep me around when I was an idiot like I was in my early 20s. I'm currently so, a big idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, so think about that stuff that he did, and he does it on this big stage. Like, of course it's going to look terrible. Yeah. And then the other thing is, too, like all the people that talk to him on his Instagram, dude, go to the Moto Concepts line and say that to his face. Vince is a gnarly dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. He is in shape. He is not like some, like, stick no figure. He, yeah, he would hold his own. Yeah. You know, the whole Weston thing and all that, that's just people g- trying to hang on to some bullshit from years ago. But yeah. Vince is cool. Vince yeah. is a good dude. Yep. Yep, yep. So, uh, <clears throat> Hill, Hill got sixth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was riding really well in the beginning as well. Did he get mm-hmm. tired? Or did he just get no, gobbled up by that freight he train? he just got gobbled up by the freight train. And yeah. I think it was another one of those things, too, where, like, you know, Justin hasn't ridden in the podium in a long time. He said he wasn't super stoked on the track or anything that all day. Yeah. And that track, I honestly, like, for how hyped up Atlanta is, this track was mellow. It was, like, basic. It was really nothing, like, super special or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So everybody was doing the same rhythms. Everybody was doing the same stuff. There was nothing to set them apart. And so, but Justin was quick all day. You know, he's third, fourth fastest in practice. So he had the pace. He just got kind of caught up in those late stages the same way a lot of other guys did. Is yeah. he still rocking the fanny pack? Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah. I saw his uh, I saw his Texas outfit, the cowboy boots, the hat, and the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> um, uh, what about uh, all? Did all of the Hep Suzuki guys make the program? Make the main event? I think they did. Breeze, Cunningham, and so. Etignan. They didn't race mm-hmm. for long. I don't think. At least yeah, a couple think, of them were out after just a couple laps. Yeah, I think the seven two two is the only guy that finished the main, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then, hey, there's been um, like some discussion or whatever about like I guess Brees posted he needed money to finish the season uh, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, like he's not getting uh, a full blown salary. He's on a fill in ride. You know, he's not a contracted guy to the team the same way like Intic Nap and all that stuff is. So there's a lot of flack behind that. And he's like, hey, I'm I'm never going to like get an argument on the message boards and all that stuff. He's like, but it's filling, right, dude? It is what it is. Like, it's not a full factory deal. He goes, mm-hmm, I'm yeah. in the si- situation I'm in. I just have to race as well as I can to get the results to hopefully get something better next year. Yeah. Because there's a lot of like, well, this guy should just quit and all this stuff. It's like, well, yeah, but he's in a situation right now. Like he's taking a low-paying job with the hope that he gets a better one, the same way that people take internships at corporations to hopefully get a partnership later on. Yeah. Right. You know, like A-Ray last year was a full-fledged team member, wasn't a fill-in. He didn't get a salary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know I, I guess that a lot of people think that these factory support teams like are as good as a factory, but it's – it's not. It's, yeah. you know, slightly better than a privateer it's a team in some cases. transportation almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then look at their, their partner, and like no offense to Suzuki, but like they're in turmoil right now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so Suzuki's only got what they got. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would think a lot of the resources that have had probably went to securing Max Anstey because their whole program changes. They were just a Supercross team. 
they'll be at all the nationals this year and, and they fully believe that Anstey could be a top five guy at any given time, which right. is true. I mean, the dude won motos last year. He is a gnarly racer. So I think that their whole thing was we need to put our money behind Max get this going and then build off of whatever results he can deliver for us through the year. Yeah. Yeah. Suzuki, I, I was trying to reach out and man, all of our uh, media support guys are gone there now. You know, Aki oh, really? and Kevin Makahelik, they're not there anymore. So like, it's like, like Scrub Daddy blew up his RMZ 450 this weekend, right? And I'm like <laughs> trying to help him out, get him discounted parts. And man, I don't even know who to call over there anymore. So I hit up Wheeler <laughs> yeah. directly. So, you know, Wheeler, Wheeler, Actually, Wheeler accused Scrub Daddy of letting Alex Ray ride his bike. Blow That's it, accurate. But, you know, but, but yeah, the wrong color, though. Bro, hey, shout out to our boy A-Ray. That dude is badass. Don, he <laughs> crashed so hard at one point and just, like, jumped up. Like, like spent a couple minutes with the side on the medics and everything. But it would, like, jump During back practice? up like, yo, I'm good. Oh, my God, dude. I, I don't understand how he raced. <laughs> wow. He was, like, me and Kate Clayson were like, did you just see that shit? Like, he should not be walking out of here. Like A Ray is really gnarly, dude. Dude, I had brec- I had breakfast with him this morning. He he didn't say anything about being hurt or sore. Or uh, Maybe he doesn't I remember. Guess he, it. Yeah. You know how they like were jumping long and then landing on the tabletop and then jumping yeah, off in that rhythm right. way before the whoops. I guess he went like a little long and then just went Yerk, over the bars. and like stuck the front end and then just went head first into the berm. Whoa. But like, bro, how he raised him, God only knows. Huh? And then he fell down in the LCQ, right? Yeah, yeah. Was he in, was he in content? Or you you posted some? You're yelling at him on yeah, the TV because he was almost about to come in, and I thought he was gonna get the position, but he went down. Oh. <laughs> okay, and so then on that, yeah. So he in that same spot that Chase and I were talking about earlier, where you hopped over that roller and then you hit that slick like clay where all that sand was. Alex like got a handful of gas, and the back end just came around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he went from like I think it was fifth or something and dropped out of transfer position. And went way back and then jumped up and then, like, rallied back because every penny counts in the LCQ, every place mm-hmm. to get more money. Mm-hmm. Alex was, like, racing for dollar signs right then. And that was pretty impressive because he could have just been like, this sucks, I'm done. But he kept going. Like, yeah. Alex is, is really, really trying. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, well, like, for instance, at, at uh, what was that, Tampa when he killed Tampa. himself, right? Uh, he was Bro. hurting. And he just, he had to start the race and do a lap, I think, to get his uh, qualifying for the night show money. Jeez. How about Texas? Like, he had a non-refundable flight, so he had to go. Yeah. And his dad's like, yeah, you're racing. We just signed you <laughs> up, so get on the track. <laughs> but, like, you know, he's pissed. Like, he's bummed that he's not riding well because he knows, like, there's only so many opportunities right now. But, like, that's that's what's cool about watching these guys. Like, there are some dudes out there that just know, like, I have to give it 100% to make it to next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There was one other dude that I was like thinking about in all that stuff, and I just like drew a blank. So keep talking, and maybe I'll Pri- privateer me. type guy. Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was pumped to see Benny up in thirteenth. Yeah, Benny and this Bloss. has been good after missing some rounds. Yeah, it sounds like uh, his back okay now. Be, uh, it was his side. Yeah, it sounds like though he could be on some familiar equipment in the next few weeks. Oh, interesting. Just put it that way. Oh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Bogle. How's Bogle doing? Have you talked to your boy? I did. Uh, he's not going to do... He started riding today. Like, I saw some clips of him going, but it doesn't sound like he's going to come back for maybe any of Supercross or anything like that. Mm. Justin's had a history of head injuries. There's no point in rushing back for this. You know, dude, we don't need any guy to, like, have some long-term 
effects yeah. of this head thing. Right. So good for Bogle. Like he's smarter than the average guy to like kind of weigh the pros and cons of like rushing back out there if he's not ready. Mm-hmm. He said that at Dallas, like just being around that much commotion, doing autograph signings, doing all that stuff, oh, like it's a lot. Anybody that's head. had a serious, yeah, anybody that's had a serious concussion, like it, once you're in a high activity thing that takes a lot of your attention, you just get exhausted. Yeah. Right. So, dude, imagine going and doing a moto when your brain is just melted. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely bad. Yeah, but good for him. Glad he's taken the the right procedures right now instead of just being like, yeah, I got a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, today, uh, so at State Fair MX, they started uh, combining the vet track and the main track on Mondays. That's mm. like that's like the pro day, and they're uh, they're disking it real deep and watering it. And so, I guess I think last Monday was the first one, but yeah. this was the second. But there's a lot of guys out there today. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scrubby was telling us that Jet Lawrence was out there smashing stuff. Like, just got back on the bike, right? Yep, first ride back, I think. Yeah, and oh uh, damn, yeah, and McAdoo was out there. Hunter Lawrence and was Hunter there. was there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we got to see Hunter ride at uh, Glen Helen last week, and he looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, typical Hunter looks like he's not trying because he's so smooth. You know, is there any kind of like time frame? Is he going to race Supercross? Did he tell you guys that? Or what? <laughs> so two different stories here. Is, is Mertzi, <laughs> Lucas Myrtle, his mechanic, his uh, agent? says no 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 we're waiting till outdoors you know you know full prep outdoors prep but uh hunter has told me otherwise yeah he's all no mm-hmm. i'm gonna get back for some supercross and then speaking of that he raced this weekend uh he raced the uh, mountain bike race hunter did yeah. oh the one at Vail. Oh, really? he raced at Vail lake oh, he wow. signed up in the uh 19 to 26 year old cat one class oh, nice. cat one dude that's nice. gnarly but uh, he said he only missed the podium by like 20 spots so i mean mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what he got <laughs> <laughs> but uh if, if memory serves me right i don't even think he's on a cross-country race bike i think he did it on a trail bike wow which is badass nice yeah but um, i think uh good for those two like those do those two guys are basically like myrtle's whole you know test mm-hmm. tube babies and he's getting to pretty much do whatever they want do they have a tilly sponsorship and nobody's oh, talking yeah. about that like yeah. that's no, badass i can't believe that's not talked about yeah, and I, I saw asked, that logo on the helmet. I was like, "What?" I asked, Even if it's just puka shell necklaces, that's badass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're uh, if they're deep enough to get the puka shells with the shark tooth. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh, that would be sick. Yeah. But I asked Jed. I about, think that's Pack some exclusive. Packs. <laughs> I asked. Uh, I asked Jed about that. I'm also. How how does it work? Or do you just get to walk into Tilly's and take what you want? And he said, "You have to make some phone calls and such." But but that's kind of how it works. Gets going at a little shopping spree. Yeah. Which is pretty. That'd cool. be sick. Yeah. So yeah, we had Jed on the uh, Swap Model Live show. We're probably going to hold the uh, episode till West Coast is about to resume. But mm-hmm. he was a lot of fun. The kid brought a skateboard with him and was trying to do tricks inside the studio while there's like people working on the other side of the door. But uh, yeah, he, he's a he's a good so time. So much energy. Do you remember at Anaheim too, with Don, when we walked over to the Geico rig on like Friday for oh, press and he day? Was and jumping a scooter. Yeah, with the starting blocks that uh back house built for him yeah mm-hmm. yeah like the kid's awesome the kid's cool like it, it's cool to see some fun like that kind of coming back yeah he, he's he's a child <laughs> <laughs> right on well uh, okay so you're in uh you're in florida for the week for uh you're gonna hit i think you're make hit- a count yeah what are you hitting tomorrow you're hitting uh supposed to be barsha's mm-hmm. um so staying up in tallahassee I figured, like, yo, there's no point in driving all the way from Atlanta to Orlando. Uh, and we never get to come to Tallahassee, and there's a lot up here. So mm. went to MTF today, chopping up a raw video right now. 
So Jordan Bailey went to dinner with him last night. That kid's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, Davalos, Jordan Smith rode today. Watched all that. Tomorrow's potentially Barsha's, depending on how this weather goes. Mm-hmm. So go see him in AP. Tomorrow evening, drive down to Orlando. Uh, be based in Orlando for Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Kind of see what goes on from there. Uh, kind of seems, you know, everybody always makes a lot of fuss about this whole Daytona week. You know, they'll make these gnarly tracks and everything like that. Well, the problem is that all these media goofballs like me come and stay out here. So now the teams and the training facilities are a little bit more buttoned down on who gets to come on what days because they still have work to do and they don't typically have a bunch of media guys here anyway. Right. So you kind of got to organize and pick and plot what you're going to do well well ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have some options for later in the week. It could be like, hey, go to Baggett's, go to Malcolm's. I've never been to Stu's place. Would love to go see that. Ooh. Or go to the Baker's Factory or the Sandbox and see what goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honda with Roxon, Barsha, and or Roxon, Brayton, and Sexton, and all of Geico Honda are at Moto Sandbox this week. It's all hands on deck for KTM and Husky at Baker's Place. And then Baggett's got his you know little deal too. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Trying to figure it out right now. And then Friday, right into Daytona, get done with that. And then now trying to way out do i go to the gnc on the way gncc on the way home on sunday Ooh. <laughs> so we'll see okay yeah. next year i am paying myself to do this this week with you anton oh uh yeah you see you think way. that but then you get down here and then it all hinges on it rains every day in florida so Ooh, you yeah. you yeah. kind of have to wait like i, I will say I, you know at, during my my tenure at cycle news i had to do seven days of daytona bike week because back then we had the uh, gainesville motocross national kickoff Right, and then we'd drive straight from there to the Daytona area. And as a cyclist employee, I had to cover road races, enduros, GNCCs, flat tracks. Thing? Huh? There was one weird thing you said before when you. Were oh, I had this. my boss made me go cover the Jap crap engine yes, blow. Yes, that one. Yeah. And it was just a bunch of uh, Harley <laughs> dudes in a in a bar, and they were like beating on some Kawasaki with sledgehammers, and then they drained all the oil out and held it wide open until it blew up. And I'm. I'm a Japanese guy wearing a Kawasaki jacket <laughs> in the bar. But, uh, yeah, no. You guys can have your bike week. I'll stay out here. Yeah. I just want to get one of those, if you can read this, T-shirts. The I bitch fell off? Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, might wear yeah. that on Saturday. You know what I want to see? there's no see? dress code at Daytona. You know what I want, Anton? Mm. I want a f- selfie of you and the Boner Garage lady. Oh. Boner Garage. We'll find yeah. out. Yeah. You haven't seen that lady? No. Mm-hmm. There's this old biker lady. Oh, with the tramp stamp? No, she no. has a tattoo around her belly button that says Boner Garage with no. the arrow going down. Yeah, wow. She's rough. Are we allowed to say this? Are we allowed to say this on this podcast? Know. Sorry about that, Bob. Sorry, 60. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why I cut myself off on my T-shirt expression. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, I honestly, I've been to Bike Week, like, before, but I just come. Like, last year was our first year of Swap Moto Live down here. Mm-hmm. I literally came on Saturday, went to the race, and went straight back to Jacksonville. Yeah. I kind of want to go see what this stuff is about. Uh, yeah. Might write a little bit more and, and shoot some more photos about like what actually happens in Florida away from the test tracks this mm-hmm. week. I'm kind of looking to use this as a vacation because to get out of the cold weather for once. Yeah, you know it's kind of cool in Daytona. I mean, do it once and is it, but to drive your car on the beach. Mm-hmm. You know that that's kind of cool. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we've already had a snafu with the rental car this trip, so I'm not trying to test it <laughs> anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Megan hit somebody. Oh, a person or a car? A car. Oh. But oh, okay. Shane McElrath was like behind us as we were filling out the police report. And he's like, was that you? And I'm like, of course, because he <laughs> saw this uh, bull haircut that I have. And he's like, yeah, of course, that's Anton on the side of the street. 
So I'm going to take it easy on the rental car from here out. Okay. Um, Well, hey, good show. I think, uh, I I don't know. We're right now, concurrently, we're probably getting ripped on by uh, Pulp MX. Yes. Kiefer's wrath. Most definitely. Most definitely. So you need to call in on that. Yeah, I mean, I should need to call in, but, you know, hey, we're just a pawn in this uh, this game of chess that's being conducted between Star and uh, and Paul. Mathis. You know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. And stop tagging Mathis in the comments. He knows. Yeah. He gets it. I mean, put it this it. way. If someone came to you and said, hey, we want you to test our bike, why wouldn't I say yeah, right? I didn't, I didn't know all the drama that was surrounding it. Well, and not only that, but then if somebody... Well, if we were in the opposite position, I think you and I would just be like, bah, whatever. Like yeah. we wouldn't get upset about it. Like it, yeah. it's it is what it is. No, because I mean I know I know Kiefer and Mathis are not upset with us. Hey, they're not. No, and like straight up, like I talk with like me and Mathis are homies. You and Kiefer, Mathis, like everybody's cool. And Mathis like I'm not mad at you guys. Like I know it's not something you did, Don. You do not listen to anybody else's show. Yeah. You're on the phone anytime you're in the car. You don't have time to listen to the radio. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Alrighty. Well, hey, Scrub Daddy, thank you for blessing us with your presence. Do you have any final words of wisdom? Well, I just got to say, um, have a blessed week out there, man. Thanks, man. Scrub Daddy. I appreciate that. No. I'll be doing it for you. Don't worry. I saw a kid in Bolt racing gear today. No way. <laughs> That's, That's Scrub, no Scrub way. Daddy is not a Bolt athlete anymore. He's, That's he's, true. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's actually contracted O'Neill rider. Yeah. Mm, as you should be. Yeah. As yeah. he should be. <laughs> you know? They even have his SDT logo transferred on his jersey. Wow. You know? Mm. He's at wow. You know, I, I'm looking for Scrub Daddy in the catalog next year. What do you think? What? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we got If Butter could do it, I don't know why he wouldn't. Yeah. Well, the problem is, though, that everybody's going to be like, when did James, like, when did, Mount, when did Bubba, like, move over to O'Neill? Like, I thought he was a seven dude. Matt, dude, have you seen Scrub Daddy lately? He don't look like Bubba well, if he or, shaves or Malcolm. His head. No, no, but I I'm mean, a, like style-wise, I'm come on on the bike. Like, uh, Mr. T. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, maybe. dude, his, he's, he's got this scraggly ass fro right now. I like. I you. saw somebody give him money. He was on. crossing the street and someone gave him money because <laughs> he thought he was homeless. You know, with his two Sorry. t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> two chains. So, all right. Well, hey, Anton, be safe out there, and. I will. Uh, don't uh, hang out with Travis Fant when he's swiping left on his uh, phone. Oh yeah, you know. Me and me and Fant are close friends, but on complete opposite. It's the odd couple, like in okay. this hotel room, which is funny because like me and Fant are like good homies, but that's complete opposite. Yeah, so, all right. It's a good time. Good. We're just working. All right. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, please uh, check out SwapMotoLive.com as well because there's a ton of great content on our website, and also. Look into 60 Helmets, our wonderful sponsor, who has the omnidirectional suspension to combat rotational brain injuries in the event of a horrific motocross crash. We will talk to you next week after the Daytona Supercross, and uh, I'll be sure to tell you guys what everyone bought me for lunch when Jeremy Martin wins. No, no. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original. 
and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info.